0: Hello and welcome to CCK Live. My name is Jenna Zellmer. I am a partner here at CCK. I work primarily at the U.S. Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims, representing veterans in their appeals of board decisions. And joining me today is Nick Briggs, who is an accredited claims agent, and he represents veterans at the VA in um, their attempts to obtain benefits from VA. So today we are going to be breaking down the changes to VA's disability presumption for Agent Orange exposure. Now before we get into the actual changes and the presumption, I want to give a little bit of background information on what Agent Orange is. So Agent Orange is one of several what we call rainbow herbicides for the names of all the different colors that they're named after. And they were used by the U.S. during the Vietnam War era to deforest large areas of land in Vietnam in order to disrupt enemy supply lines and prevent ambushes. And as such, many veterans who served during the Vietnam War era were in direct contact with Agent Orange. Now Agent Orange itself is composed of a mixture of a couple of kinds of different herbicide agents and it produces a byproduct that's highly toxic and that is known as 2378-TCDD and informally we sometimes call it just TCDD and now this dioxin often takes a lot of years to break down once it's been released into the environment and it can cause a wide array of health effects. And so this Agent Orange exposure, this exposure to the TCDD specifically, has caused many significant health conditions for veterans. So with that background, Nick, do you want to tell us a little bit about why we care about Agent Orange? What does it mean for Vietnam-era veterans?
1: Sure, Jenna. So the first most important thing to know about these Agent Orange-related claims is that VA and the government has established a presumption related to the exposure itself. And when we talk about presumption in this particular case, we mean relating to one of the elements of service connection, which is showing an in-service injury, which led to a current diagnosis. So when we talk about an Agent Orange presumption, what we mean is that for veterans who served in certain locations at certain times, they don't need to prove the in-service element in order to establish service connection. Simply by virtue of being at a particular place in a particular time. VA is going to assume that they were exposed to herbicides. Um, the original creation of this presumption happened back in 1991 with the Agent Orange Act of 91, and that estamp- established presumptive service connection for veterans who served largely in the Republic of Vietnam. But since that time, VA has passed several law, or Congress has passed several laws, and VA has added several additional presumptions that cover veterans who served in other places including the Blue Water Navy Veterans Act and a few other different, in uh, the Korean DMZ, for example. Um, however, for our purposes, and most recently, the Honoring Our Promise to Address Comprehensive Toxins Act, or the PACT Act, expanded presumptions related to Agent Orange to include a number of additional countries beyond simply Vietnam, the Korean DMZ, and places that we're used to. So the big hitters, which we're already familiar with and have been in place for a long time, are the Republic of Vietnam itself, including both Brownwater veterans and Bluewater Navy veterans. That's been established. But the PACT Act expands Asian Orange exposure to include Thailand veterans who served from January 62 to June 1976 uh, at any U.S. or Thailand base, regardless of what their MOS was or where they served on base. Which is a vast departure from current policy, which usually requires that you show perimeter service. Um, as long as you served in Thailand during that window of time that I mentioned, you're going to get exposure conceded um, based off of your Agent Orange exposure. Um, similar presumptions have now been added for the period from 1965 to 1969 in Laos. Um, there's also a brief window of time from April, in April of 1969, for Cambodia specifically at Meemot or Krak, Kampong Cham province. Um, and then additional exposure sites were, are, were added in Guam, American Samoa, and Johnston Atoll. So these are all new countries that weren't previously recognized as being presumptive locations for herbicide exposure that are now covered by the PACT Act.
0: Thanks, Nick. And as you mentioned before, we want to, Think about this in the context of the elements of service connection. And so, to your point, you know, if you are a veteran who served in any of these locations, you don't have to prove um, an in service exposure because by virtue of being in that location, you are presumed to be exposed. But another element of service connection is having a current disability. And so another element of the VA Agent Orange presumptions are listing certain conditions that VA considers presumptively related to Agent Orange. Um, and this is kind of like a double presumption. So first you're presumed to have been exposed to Agent Orange. And then if you have one of these conditions, your your condition is presumed to be due to Agent Orange. And so really um, it lessens the burden for demonstrating service connection. So prior to the PACT Act, there were a number of conditions we've met. We've had other um, CCK Live videos and information on our blog about all the Agent Orange related conditions. So these include things like diabetes mellitus type 2, um, a lot of different cancers, and um, you know, Parkinson's disease. And so the two new added ones are hypertension, which we've seen a lot of. We have a ton of clients who are veterans who have been denied service connection for hypertension in the past because it wasn't presumptively related to Agent Orange. So this is a big ad. Hypertension is now considered presumptive under um, VA law. And the other one is monoclonal gammopathy of undetermined significance. So that's the one that's a little bit rarer. But if you do have hypertension or monoclonal gammopathy, you know, you should take a look at our website, at our blog, look at our other videos, and definitely keep an eye on what's going on with the PACT Act in its promulgation. So Nick, why don't you tell us a little bit about if a veteran has one of these conditions, how do they apply for VA benefits?
1: Sure, Jenna. So, as always, um, you want to start the process by filing a claim, um, and we want to do that on the correct forms. VA is always a stickler for its forms. Um, So, if you've never filed for the claims condition before, you should consider filing a 21-526. Um, And if it's something that you filed for and were previously denied, um, you'll want to file a supplemental claim, um, especially if you served in one of the locations that was newly added to the list by the PACT Act. But assuming you get that claim filed, you do it on the proper forms, um, you'll also want to provide evidence of a medical diagnosis of any current conditions that are presumptively related to herbicide exposure. And then, if possible, any evidence that you served in a qualifying location. Uh, during a qualifying time period. Now, as part of VA's duty to assist, they're going to request your service records, and oftentimes your service location and service period are going to be included in those personnel records. Um, But if you have any of that information up front, it's helpful to provide it to VA so that they can know where to look and what to request. Um, It's also important to note, however, that even if you don't have a presumptive condition, you should still consider filing a claim if you believe your condition is related to Agent Orange. Um, when we talk about conditions that are presumed to be related by Agent Orange, that's something that's determined by the National Academy of Sciences in coordination with the VA. Um, but just because generally speaking, there isn't a relationship between a given condition and herbicide exposure doesn't mean that your particular cancer or your particular condition isn't related to it. Um, Oftentimes, that's the one carcinogen you've really been exposed to in your life, and it could be the cause of your cancer or your other condition. So in that circumstance, you may not get the presumption of nexus that 3.309 provides, but you should still consider filing a claim and providing evidence of both the diagnosis and evidence of your agent orange exposure.
0: Great. Yeah. And I would encourage you to check out some other videos on the elements of service connection, particularly the threshold that you need to meet in order to get a, di- a medical exam in the first place. And then also what the standard is for demonstrating a nexus, because, you know, like you said, Nick, um, you can still demonstrate a nexus if um, it's as likely as not related to your Agent Orange exposure. And that's a really low threshold. And so, um, you know, it's always worth a shot if you think that your disability is related to service. It's also important to note that there are other diseases that result from one of these presumptive conditions that could be associated with Agent Orange, Um, and in that case, you can file a claim for secondary service connection. So if you have a diagnosis of a disability and there's medical evidence showing a relationship between the presumptive service-connected condition and your secondary disability, uh, you can you can get service-connected for that. So common examples of secondary conditions related to Agent Orange exposure would be peripheral neuropathy secondary to diabetes mellitus. So diabetes is presumptively service-connected. And as long as you have a diagnosis of peripheral neuropathy that is related to that diabetes, you can get service-connected for that as well. Nick, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Agent Orange registry?
1: Sure. So this sort of last concept is related to veterans who might not necessarily have a diagnosed condition as of yet, um, but they might have symptoms or they're starting to experience problems that they didn't experience before. And it's a way of VA tracking, you know, what conditions and what symptoms might be related to Agent Orange over time. So veterans who served during the Vietnam War era are eligible for and should consider completing this Agent Orange Registry Health Exam. Um, The exam is free of charge. And again, its purpose is to alert both the veterans themselves and VA to potential health problems that may be related to Agent Orange that haven't been detected before. Um, At the end of the day, it's an ongoing exposure that these people have had in the past and could cause conditions that we just don't know about yet. And by completing these exams, it gives VA additional data that they can use to sort of track and potentially consider future presumptive conditions. So with that in mind, it's not a compensation and pension exam. It's not required to receive VA benefits. It's simply a registry health exam that gives a veteran the opportunity to provide a recollection of their service, describe the level of Agent Orange exposure they may have had if it's beyond the norm, and then just providing their military records and their health information. Um, VA notes these exams, they use them to help better understand Agent Orange and its effects generally. Um, And it's an opportunity for veterans to get free lab tests and referrals for medical specialists if they need it. So it's a good thing for both parties.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, seeing the passage of the PACT Act and anecdotally seeing how many of our clients had, you know, claimed hypertension due to Agent Orange. It's nice to kind of see the system work and finally have that hypertension recognized as presumptively connected, and so you never know what more information these registry exams might provide, and so I think that's a really good point. So just in closing, um, for more information about the use and effects of Agent Orange, you can visit our blog at cck-law.com blog, and thank you so much for watching. Uh, Nick, do you have any final closing thoughts?
1: just the PACT Act is gonna bring a lot of changes in a lot of different areas. So we have plenty of videos explaining some of the other exposures that it uh, um, it affects as well. So please consider that, that yes. information moving forward.
0: Yes, NVA law in general is a really complicated uh, set of laws. And so I would encourage you to reach out to a veteran service officer or an attorney you trust if you have any questions or concerns because it is a really complicated to navigate on your own. So thank you so much for watching us today and please be sure to follow along by subscribing to our channel and liking this video.